0: <laughs> two guys one midlife crisis and there's just like no end in sight and anytime it's like overcast it really feels like i don't know just the days are all the same seasonal depression feels like it's i don't know it's just weird
1: It's weird i'm i'm getting up every morning getting dressed doing my hair doing all the things I walk out of the bedroom and I open every blind, every curtain in the, the kitchen in the living room and let in as much light as possible. And that's helping me a lot. Because I'm used to my where my office is. So I have the day shining in all the time. I keep all the blinds open except for one just off to my left that that would make it where I can't see my computer screen. But everything else is open. So I'm essentially used to being enveloped by the day. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. And so I can look out my window at any moment and see, like, the city skyline and stuff. Um, and so it's very disorienting being at a kitchen table. Yeah. I bet. So yeah, so I'm trying to mimic that as much as I can with, you know, the windows and stuff. Um,
0: Makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I do the same thing. I don't get, like, dress-dressed, but, like, same daily routine, put on new threads, open up every window in the house, uh, blinds, rather, um, make coffee, Go get in my office. Start working a little bit. Wait for Momo to wake up. Um, have a little bit of breakfast. Uh, I just burn through the day. And it's just non-stop work. And it's like I find myself like struggling to disconnect and stop working. Which is weird.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty... Normal for you though to go for distractions, and it sounds like whereas normally you'd be distracting yourself from work, you're distracting yourself from home. Yep, you nailed it.
0: Yeah, that's interesting. Work from home burnout is a real thing, and it's apparently saying, I mean, enough to like, I read an article about it um last night uh, it just a lot of people are feeling it um it was like offering ways to to change it up to do things um but still i mean like even after i read that i still struggled today i just like there was so much to do and it's like i never feel good enough to like end the day go do things while I still have, like, a couple of things I really want to get done so I don't, like, make my day worse the the following day. And it's just, like, it bugs me. And usually I'll come back in here at night, like, super late, and just start doing work.
1: Yeah, I've done that a couple of times, but for the most part I... Like the majority of my setup stays up at the laptop itself. I power it down, I put it away in my my bag, and I put it in the closet and I'm done yeah, yeah, that's good now I am... during the day i'm I am quasi tyrannical you know <laughs> because I have two kids here. I have my wife here, and I am working in the you know, we have our our uh, dining room and living room are one big area. Right. And so I'm at that dining table and uh, the boys' computers are now in the living room so that we can kind of monitor them for schoolwork.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: So we're all essentially in the same space.
0: Some coworkers.
1: Yeah. And I think that actually helps because it makes me feel like my managerial role still exists because hmm. I have people that I have to stop what I'm doing and go help them with computer issues or, you know, help them understand the assignment that's been given. And, gotcha. you know, it, it really helps me feel more normal. Okay. So maybe you need to set your dogs up with, like, little desks.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. That'd be super cute. Um, Usually, like, I'm packed in here. Um, Wait, let me not skip that. Like, let me go back to validation first. Like, I like what you're doing. I think that's really... um, great that you're able to like make the most of your situation uh, and actually be closer to your family and have a little bit of normalcy that keeps you connected to uh, your actual in-office work life. Mm-hmm. I think that's great. Um, I, I'm usually like the door shut, full steam working. I barely get a chance to, like, go run and pee and maybe grab a drink and then run back into, like, hours upon hours of Zoom meetings. So it's, like, jam-packed of, like, I don't know. It's just uh, it's a lot. I mean, like, I'm doing really well. Uh, I'm creating a lot and impressing all the the right people, but um, I think I'm doing it to my detriment uh, I'm definitely feeling burnt out and spread too thin. Are you having mostly zoom meetings all day? Mm-hmm. Yep. I was in, I was actually in a zoom where I was like doing like a, Hey, let's all catch up for like a, the few people that like pretty friendly with at work. Um, and like everybody at work would probably say, I'm like a really happy, like, joyful person in a sheer moment of like frustrating uh circumstances after the fifth hour of zoom calls and being in that meeting which was my you know sixth zoom call i I was just like playing guitar and like talking basically doing like a low level of stand-up and i was just like so moment i like hit a chord and i was just like everyone thinks i'm happy but I'm just really sad. I'm a very sad person. Sad <laughs> and it was just quiet. And it was just like, all right, cool. Yeah,
1: Thanks man. You, you can't open your face and let the light out. Uh, you can't cocoon them. <laughs> yep.
0: Nice callback. Uh, uh, God, I haven't seen that in a while. It's I like, do. Who even thinks of that anymore? Like with all the the unlimited like options out there, who's like you know what, fuck yeah, I'm going to watch Cocoon. it's going to be fucking dope and they're going to talk about like getting an erection and I'm going to think about like how many of these motherfuckers are dead already um, <laughs> and then I'm going to think about my own erection and I'm going to think about erections in general uh, and uh, I'm going to think about the word penetration uh, I'm going to think about like when people say that at work, uh, what's the penetration rate and I'm like, are you really fucking saying that right now? That's kind of gross. Like, what's the penetration rate? Like, stay away from. Gutenberg
1: is an American gem, and he should be protected.
0: I always say Gutenberg over Paul Reiser. Um, I don't know why I I, correlate them together. It's just like it's a thing. Um, But Gutenberg, yeah, I have no idea. Like, what the fuck happened
1: to him? Is it Paul Gutenberg? What is his name? Ugh. Is it Steve?
0: Steve. What? Steve Gutenberg. That feels right to Steve Guttenberg. Yeah, yeah. I think we're talking about the same dude. This was the police academy guy, right? I I mean, like, I don't feel like he made it out of the '80s. Like movie-wise, he just kind of dropped off. I mean, that could be way off, but so '84 to '90, 1984
1: to 1990, he had a bunch of hits. He had wanted to be a dentist. What? Come on down to goot. Let me goot all over you. Get in your mouth. I missed I'm, so many I'm things with my family. I'd become everything I ever wanted to be, but I wanted to be just a little bit closer to my family. I've had a great deal of notoriety and hubris. He, oh, oh, he was married to uh, Denise Bixler from Evil Dead Two. Ooh, shit. I would have yeah. absolute moments and small periods of no one is coming to the store. Why isn't anyone coming to the store? But I never let it become too much of me because I have other things to deal with. I have parents. So then he went into TV. Oh, he became a writer and a director for TV. Okay. He was in Party Down? I don't remember
0: that. Uh, I don't remember that either. That's yeah. that, that show's definitely worth a rewatch. That's fucking funny.
1: Says he played was himself. He,
0: was he the owner? But I don't remember that. Oh, uh, yeah. I remember one of, yeah. I think one of the, the staff was dating him. Oh, he started doing Broadway. Maybe. Ooh.
1: <laughs> he turned down a part in the recent Sharknado film. Oh, my God. Good for the goots. Yeah, it sounds like he just, he kind of did um, what, homie from Honey I Shrunk the Kids did he unplugged and went and spent time with his family
0: that's great I mean I think part of you and I want that creative benchmark like he went out he did something it's always going to exist out there in the ether Um, he decided he wanted to go a different direction Mm -hmm. and he took control of his life back that's great I mean, that's that's more than a lot of people are going to do. Um, because most people are just going to live their lives. And there's not going to be, like, a movie or a, right. a piece of music, a piece of art that's going to live on after them.
1: Of course, it's also easier to make that decision to just go kind of live your life when you're rich. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I've made my millions. I'm going to go be a family
0: man now. Right. I mean, like, you and I did the broke version of that. Like... We don't need this job. We're just going to go off on our own and have good ideas and start a business. Three years later. I will I'm say Jerry this, though. Springer.
1: I would not trade that time for any six-figure income.
0: A 110%, man. Um, I would kill for just, like, one of those days again. Um, and that is the fucking conundrum, uh, is at the time, did we realize how like, okay we were and how things would get better Yeah, until we could just fucking relax? You probably did. I did not. I was a ball of like, so much like existential and like constant dread uh, and a constant longing for things I've never had. Um, I remember I wrote a list like I think the same month uh, which was eight years ago ironically uh, this month uh, that we both ended up quitting FAS and it was like titled How to Be Happy. Um, Let me see if I can pull that up.
1: Yeah, no, I was the I one was who was, hey man, um, I woke up this morning and sold my car. Want to go to New Orleans? <laughs> <laughs> yes. That was that, yes. that. was my role during that time.
0: Absolutely. Um, yep. All right, you ready? How to be happy by Dustin Ailer? Number one, lose 80 pounds at the time. I was three hundred and thirty pounds. I am now two hundred and fifty nine pounds. <gasps> so I basically almost got there. Um barring my pizza addiction. Um number two, get a job that makes you happy. I'm I'm pretty fucking happy. Like I get to innovate and like I show promote synergy. That on the daily. Uh synergy <laughs> spreadsheets <laughs> on brand get my own apartment again uh, did that I have a fucking house now um, record songs I have written they're on my phone but they're recorded um, well, this one's pretty ambitious uh, because I've not put much into this. Just write two screenplays in one novel. Uh, fuck me. Uh, number six, with the bullet. Quit smoking. Yeah. I fucking love smoking. I think about it constantly. I, uh, I'm with uh, a really solid partner that really like, loves and uh, respects me and helps me keep myself accountable. So it's only the few and far between that I do smoke. Number seven, <laughs> create a business plan for a restaurant, bar, social media group idea. Um, yeah. We did that. Yeah. Uh, I could have put more effort into it, but like it all came out of money. That's right. Uh, we're the creatives, not really the money guys. Number eight, the final step to how I can be happy, meet a woman, that makes you happy. I have a beautiful and gorgeous wife that is very intelligent uh, and is a loving and nurturing partner.
1: Um, I just, whenever jackass, somebody says
0: partner, uh, I, know. It's, I know. I know. It's like, but what do you mean? Do you own a business? Uh, <laughs> that was really funny. Uh, uh. Now, I have grown and become a person that i am proud of and that statement is a fucking load of bullshit um because no one should make you happy you should be happy and then find someone that's the cherry on top because if you put your happiness and your hope onto someone else you'll always be fucking disappointed and I had to learn that lesson yes. the really, really, really fucking hard way. And I had a lot of people that I yes. let yeah. hurt me. At some point, you have to take ownership and realize that, all right, maybe I'm looking at this the wrong way. So I put in the work. I continue to work myself. I'm not perfect. But no one else is going to make me happy, but me. Hello, I'm
1: was. What are you doing? Getting inspiration from your statements for podcast
0: title. Oh, <laughs> that's the reason for the epic silence.
1: Well, when yeah, I, say I was something, soaking it in. Uh, prolific. <clears throat> I'm balding. I think our podcast title is "We're Men," but that's okay. <sighs>
0: Uh yeah. I think you're on the right track there. We're men, but that's okay. <laughs> We're men. Not that there's anything yeah. wrong with that.
1: Cause you and I really? in, this is my opinion and we'll probably leave it off after this, but you and I are Yeah the uh, we are the opposite of each other when it comes to, and don't get offended, we are the opposite of each other when it comes to mm. stereotypical manliness. Okay? So, mm. you know, okay. work on a car, go out in a garage and build something, um, fix a thing. You know, those are those are more up my alley and sit down, have a emotional conversation. Let's talk about your feelings. Let's analyze that is more your thing. But both of us go more towards your direction than my direction. And it puts us in an interesting world of like we're okay hugging each other. We're okay saying I love you. Yeah. You know, a lot of things that stereotypical men don't allow themselves to partake in and I think that's an incredible detriment Right, and I think that that's definitely something that should come out in what we're doing um, even with just the openness with which you know, we talk about what we've already talked about today I mean most men won't do that. I mean I am a big burly bearded man but I will don't talk to you about
0: feelings. Yeah. You know, it, it's part of uh, your charm, and part of my charm is just, like, I look like a serial killer, <laughs> but, like, I actually care about, like, how your day went. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm still going to talk about, like, how, like, death and murder exactly. and, like, all sorts of horrible shit, but I want to know how your day went. I, I think there is a... Uh, Secondary commonality, uh, which is both you and I um, like elements of the darkness. Um, And by darkness, I mean um, bonding through things that push the envelope of right up to the edge um, of enjoying life uh, and entertaining thoughts that most people avoid mm-hmm. because they think yeah it
1: would and and them. I think that that speaks even even yes. in that realm it still speaks to our openness and I think that it's true I think that people are way too afraid to open up And they should more because it's, you're going to lose some people in your life, but the people that you don't lose, you're going to be closer to, and it's going to be stronger. And I think that everyone operates better when they know where the other person stands.
0: For sure. Yeah. I agree. I mean, it's, I don't know. I think some people are fine getting by. In fact, I think a lot of people are fine getting by for all of their life. Some people are okay um, letting something else um take the the mysticism um, out of asking deeper questions uh, so they can live uh, a blissful life in ignorance. Uh, and do you know what? Yeah. I'm kind of jealous of that uh, because I just can't. Um, I basically think there's a possibility of me uh, thinking of an <laughs> ultimate thing that like bleeps me out of existence. Because I, I figure it out and I'm like, fuck, toothpaste was the answer. And all of a sudden it into the next dimension. <laughs> I'm just That's like, fuck, that ah, was it the whole time, toothpaste. It's better to be open in my opinion, but I understand why people close themselves off. Um, it's, I don't know, it's like everyone is on their own journey. You can't expect everyone to be at the same point uh, where you're at. Um, But I think the commonality um, is if you're open and you talk about how it's all about the journey uh, and not the destination, uh, that you should enjoy your life now versus constantly working towards something you may never get to, uh, I think you'd be better off. Um, And when you tell people about all the things that bother you and all the things that make you depressed or anxious, you will be better off by describing how those things make you feel because people can identify with how you feel, what that feeling feels Mm -hmm. like. Because it's a likelihood they've felt that before. Your unique situa- situation to where, you know, your girlfriend ran off with your um, father uh, and you lost all your money and uh, some sort of Sims scam. Uh, people can't relate to that, but uh, I feel really dark and depressed uh, and like tomorrow is a place I don't want to get to. Yeah. People can not relate to that because at some point in their life, they may have felt that. Um, So I think expressing more to other people of how you feel versus just like what made you feel that way can help. Yeah, that's a really good way to
1: point that or put that is what I meant, but you know what I meant because (laughs) you know me. (laughs) I'll point it. You know no, but, love the fact that you know my we're both gonna be forty this year and we're still quoting Dude Rose My Car.
0: <laughs> Fuck yes. Until we did. I uh, that is I honestly think we should devote one goddamn episode to us first watching that again and looking at uh and analyzing it with twenty twenty eyes. Because like Praise be to Zoltan. Yeah. Zoltan. Yeah. is it Zoltan in that one? Zoltan. Yep. Uh, I. uh, It's just one of many movies that I like watched as I was becoming more and more of an adult in my 20s that like made me feel okay about things that made me feel like, all right, I'm, I'm. getting older, I'm growing up, but that doesn't mean I can't enjoy life. Let's uh, do that. I would like to really watch that again. Let's do that. Uh, dude, where's my car? Yeah.
1: But in the meantime, I'm not old. I have not decided yet to completely delete the, the super drunk audio. I still think there's something we can do with that. <laughs> but... Um, Yeah. Okay. Really? (laughs) You have a a problem. It's not like I go and buy a Bailey's (laughs) load. (laughs) (laughs) Um. But
0: yeah. I've
1: been thinking more about um podcast title um, concept direction. And, you know, one of the things that we talked about was that this was going to be, um, or let me rephrase that. What, what I talked about, what I wanted was in the vein of my other podcast, where it's just you turn on the recorder and whatever happens, happens. Right. Obviously some quality editing and, um, editing out that section where the doggo came in the room for a little bit. Um, But for the most part, you hit record, and whatever happens, happens. And um, it's okay to have a little bit of an agenda, steer the conversation, maybe have a couple of topics, but for the most part, it's non-scripted. It's free flow. And, you know, kind of what we just did was really what I was thinking about and you know we have an episode called you know two normal guys talk about work and two normal guys talk about you know working around the house you know whatever those are but I think that I think that it's gotta be titled something towards like you know, two regular guys talk about life. Uh, I don't. Yeah. I don't know what that title is yet, but I—that's the direction of where I am. Sure, I am going with my ideas.
0: Yeah, no, I like it. I like it. Um, I like the option of it having being like free form. Uh, I also like a little structure, um, but. I like that in the sense of uh, we can have just two guys talking about existentialism. Like, halfway through, they pivot and they end up talking about work again. Right. Like, alright, fuck it, that happened. So, I'm good with that. Makes sense. <laughs>
1: What? The Existential Depression Podcast with Dwayne and Dustin. (laughs) (laughs) Hey,
0: I'm here. I'm sad. (laughs) All the time.